Here we go. All right. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And, and you too. You too. <laughs> nice. Hello, Mark. Hello, Todd. Oh, what's the weather like where you are? <laughs> well, well, we're right now. How? What's the dif- distance between us? About twenty-five miles. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so we are taking CDC precautions. Uh, CDC uh, recommended precautions with social distancing during the yes. COVID nineteen. You, uh, you guys have distanced me out of your lives because <laughs> I. Yes. And so you continue to put yourself and others at risk by uh, engaging in outdoor activities in places that people go. And I am not engaging in high risk activities, but I am leaving my house. Yes. (laughs) I think you went to the bins today, right? I did, but I did not touch anything, nor did I get close to anyone. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, So. Yeah, so we have uh, Nick. Out of an abundance of caution, you guys are taking some. Well, because, I mean, to be fair, there's some people around you that have been around other people that have been sick. And so. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, and and we live, you know, we are we're not in contact with uh, frequently, but uh, we've got a neighbor. She's 101 years old. (laughs) And if this is the final she thing that takes her out remembers the spanish flu <laughs> almost she's a product of the quarantines of the of the spanish flu i uh, did wonder if in nine months we're gonna have a huge 100%. baby boom. absolutely so yeah in, in three years my sunday school class is going to be over capacity and <laughs> lack of um std spread across communities <laughs> So, so uh, good, good times. But uh, yeah, you know, I was I was at the pharmacy the other day, uh-huh. you know, and I saw these uh, two little kids come in, and one he was about eight years old. He comes up to the, the uh, counter, and he had a box of box of tampons with him. Yeah, and he he brought it up to the counter, and the guy he goes, uh, "Hey, do you know what these are for?" He goes, "Well." Not exactly, and they're not for me. They're for him, and he points at his little brother. He said, he's four years old. I'm eight. He said, uh, we saw on TV that if you use these, you'll be able to swim and ride a bike, and right now he doesn't do either. <laughs> so that, that's why. Can my sound effects be heard? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was the opposite. I was playing the boo, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm without. Um, we are, for the first time, we're doing a remote uh, recording session. Yeah. So, um, and so my my voice is still on the condenser microphone. You're using a USB microphone over on your side. And uh, we'll, we'll, With my uh, many, my many dongles on my new computer to hook yeah. up my USB microphone. Yeah. With. It's a, it's a USB C uh, world that you live in now. 
I know it's a, it's a brave new world we're living good in good grief. So we just got, um, uh, you tipped me off since I, I don't get TV down here. And so I, I usually am not able to see press conferences and stuff like that. I just tend to miss unless I'm next to a computer when somebody sends me a link, which is what happened today. So we yeah. were just able to watch the, the newest address on, on the situation we're all living in now, which was interesting. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It is weird. And uh, so there's been, uh, as everyone knows, a tremendous amount of anxiety and fear purchasing. And so a lot of people are fearing that there's going to be a total lockdown and of uh, supply chain management and, and those kind of things and, and that all food is going to run out. And so they're just way overbuying everything and, uh, and, and irrational things like <laughs> toilet paper is like the number one item that people yeah, are. I've got a little, hoarding. I've got a little story on that, uh, okay. on the toilet paper thing later, but that it, it, it really does. And I'm reminded of a quote from men in black of all movies, but, yes. um, Will Smith and, and Tommy Lee Jones are having that conversation. And Tommy Lee Jones says, a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky animals. <laughs> yes. And I think about that, not just now, but I've thought about that a lot over the years about how true that is. And, um, it's crazy that we are given the news. I, you know, try to keep your distance from other people, wash your hands, all those things. And so everybody all in one day rushes to one small area of a store to wait in line next to as many people as possible to go buy a thing. Right. And it's like, that's the opposite of the intent of the message that we were supposed to. I mean, I get it because right. we're all panicked and we're like, oh, we need resources. And right. But it's just so like I stood, I usually go to. Um, like in normal life, I usually go to the store every night. To, that's where I keep all my food is at the <laughs> store so that I don't have to. And so I went the other night just out of habit, you know, to buy my one thing. And it's just, it was right after that message and everybody's touching the same touch screens. Everybody's touching the same pin pads. Everybody's touching everything in like the least amount of time as we can possibly muster. And it just, it's so it's so interesting, like sociologically, what what's happening along with, you know, the actual virus spreading and, and how that works. But it's just so, so dumb. <laughs> there, there's a lot of dumb going on. Um, uh, there okay. is. Um, but that's news? not all. That's not all that's going on. I was able to find at least, I think, two stories that aren't related to uh, everything that's going on and a, and a couple of things that are so. I'm going to have to, I, I did with my, now that I'm on my new computer, um, uh -oh. I had to, since Macs don't come with that little window shade extension where you double click on the top of a tab, you know, and it, it doesn't go down into the dock and then to retrieve it, you don't have to go, you just double click and it, and it window shades, which is what Macs used to do. So of course though, my last Mac didn't have to do it. So I had to pay $20 for some add on app because I just can't function without it. It's too ingrained. It's like two, two spaces at the end of a, after a period, I can't 
break myself of those habits anymore. And so I'm on a trial of a new one for my computer. So it is working so far. I'm very excited. So I'm going to have to window shade you and not look at you anymore to go to my new <laughs> file. So. Um, but something that doesn't have to do with the coronavirus is Bill Gates uh, announced Friday that he is leaving the Microsoft board. Uh, he's also stepping down from his position on the board of Berkshire Hathaway. He said, I've made the decision to step down for both public and private boards on which I serve to, de to dedicate more time to philanthropic priorities, including global health and development, education, and my increasing engagement in tackling climate change, uh, he said. So uh, Gates is among Microsoft's top shareholders. So how, many, how, many, how much uh, percentage-wise of uh, Microsoft shares do you think he holds? He's the top shareholder. Um, it's, it's probably not what we think as a lot, but if you yeah. owned 3% of Microsoft, uh, you're, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, so he owns 1.36%. Got it. So uh, the company went public in 1986 and now has a valuation of 1.21 trillion. Mm, so see, that's that's a lot of billions if you got 1.36 percent of that. One yeah, point, and know, I, I it's interesting, and I think we talked about this before about how poor billionaires are getting a bad rap these days, <laughs> and people don't like them much. But like, you rarely hear people complain about Bill Gates because he uh, and Warren Buffett too, for to to a lesser right. extent because they've already made plans to actually do something good with the wealth that they've uh, accumulated. So, and not just uh, run for president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, Bloom. I know that statistic that was going around and I think was on, I think Brian Williams said it on NSM, MSNBC or something like that, how Bloomberg could have given every American like $10 million, which like, completely is untrue and like every conceit even i was like i think that math is wrong which is a huge signal about how wrong your math is like but a still i mean 50 or something really <laughs> but i would have yes i would have much rather appreciated the dollar 50 from mike bloomberg than, but it was kind of neat to see that that message of i am buying my way into the electoral process was rejected yeah you know, regardless of what he actually stood for and, and could have done in a proper campaign. But that was kind of a, a neat, like big F you to, to someone with a lot of money that just buys things. Yeah. And about 10 years ago, uh, the California governorship was up. Um, and um, what is her name? She used to be the CEO of eBay. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I forget. Not Susan. That's um, no. YouTube's. Uh, Anyway, she spent she spent uh, like almost three hundred million dollars at the time, which was more than anybody had ever spent in any race, including a presidential race. And she was just crushed without you know, just nobody voted for her at all. Wow. Uh, that year, I also went as her to uh, a Halloween party four days before the election, and uh, it was amazing. I got fake one hundred dollar bills and just handed them to everybody that I met and like, hi. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, it was pretty awesome. That's funny. I do wonder, since we're using a video, a Zoom yes. <laughs> video to to see each other, I wonder, and there's no way to do this, but there's always that problem of I'm looking at 
I'm not looking at the camera, so I'm not looking in your. We're not looking in each other's eyes. You're not looking at my weird. eyes. You're not looking. You don't look in my eyes anymore. You're always looking away. Anyway, well, major U.S. internet. So to kind of get into some uh, some news that will at least be relevant for more than a day or so. Um, major U.S. internet firms agree not to cancel service over the next sixty days. So telecom regulator on Friday said that the. Uh, uh, companies including Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon agreed not to terminate services for subscribers for the next 60 days if they are unable to pay their bills. Um, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, our favorite person, said after uh, said after calls with more than 50 companies, they also agreed to waive any late fees uh, residential or small business customers incur because of the economic circumstances. Uh, they also agreed to open Wi-Fi hotspots to anyone who needs them. Uh, so millions of Americans oh, wow. are expected uh, expected to work from home or study uh, as states and, and countries urge people to stay away from workplaces and schools. So others agreeing to take part uh, include uh, Alphabet, uh, Google Fiber, Charter, Charter Communications, CenturyLink, Cox Communications, Sprint, T-Mobile, um, and that's the end of that list. But many companies also agreed to waive data limits for the next 60 days. So wow. if you want to... <clears throat> If you want to stream a lot of stuff and not pay your bills, now is the time for you. Yeah, I know that uh, right before we started recording, uh, Chicago announced that they are closing all bars and restaurants. uh, Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And um, so and the uh, the governor said literally, he goes, we warned you and you all didn't heed our warnings. Uh, We told you to socially distance yourselves and you're not doing it and so we'll do it for you wow (laughs) so yeah yeah it'll be an interesting intersection of of freedom and i don't know what the other part safety yeah 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 yeah. public safety yeah at at intersection of those two things so i know i had to i it's been a lot of time for real talk lately as uh, last night I texted you and I, I just asked, you know, am I being selfish and irresponsible and not like just staying at home all the time? And, you know, keep in mind that I'm being very diligent about hygiene and washing my hands and not touching other thing and like all of those things and keeping my distance and stuff like that. And I think you assured me a little bit that I'm not being at least completely irresponsible because I don't go to a workplace and I'm not exposed to all those things. And I am keeping my distance and and all those things. So, well, um, Nick shared uh, a link last night that had several simulations going. Did you view that? Yeah. Uh, With the dots that were. Yeah. With the dots. And so it it was a um, micro simulation showing the effects of uh, movement within communities and the spread of, uh, anything uh, at that point. Right. And so, uh, and so they showed like everybody's free to move about and how quickly that spread. Then it was isolate uh, a group and let them trickle out. And that helped things a little bit. But the overarching uh, one was if the dots don't move, uh, as as if many of the dots don't move, then the spread almost you know uh, slows down very very dramatically, 
Right. And, uh, and so that's what we are trying to support. I'm personally, you know, I'm, I'm under 50, but, you know, I'm overweight and, and whatever, but I don't have any respiratory issues. So I'm, I'm confident that I'm not in a super high risk category. Uh, and, and so I don't fear contracting it and dying as much as carrying it and spreading right. it to somebody who could. And, right. um, and that's the, the biggest fear or spreading it to someone who could spread it to someone who could. And, right. and so Nick is like, well, I want to, uh, hang out with my friend Lisa. And, and so <laughs> the guidelines are like, they'll meet in a park and not touch, you know, and right. they'll, they'll hang out in a park and be able to talk at right. a reasonable distance. Because and, it is, you know, and it is important to remember, and I've been reading all the information that's coming out of the CDC and, and checking on those guidelines. And, and another thing that they do stress is that it's not, you know, an airborne thing where if you're just in the same room as someone that used to have it, it's still, you know, contracted by touch through your mouth and all, like all of those things. So there's still, you know, things that you can do. It's not going to sneak up on you. And, and right. for the most part, I mean, that's, right. that's an overstatement, but um, it is interesting that all those CDC guidelines don't go to the panic mode of like bury yourself in the garden until it all, <laughs> you know, sweeps over. They just say, be very diligent about when and if you are in public to, to just, yeah, be diligent. And so Huh. It's interesting. And, and talking with um, Colin's parents who own a own a store in the mall, that this quite likely could be the death knell for a lot of businesses. Oh, this is and so this is that's another happen. reason why, like, I don't feel a responsibility, but I do like I want to make sure that places are still supported yep, yep. and that people are still going in. And it's not because that's the other side of the panic is not only all our toilet paper is gone, but every single business in town goes out because, because you know, whatever. Yeah, we can't can't go there. Um, we can't gather. Uh, the uh, country of Austria has forbid any gathering of five or more people. Holy uh, Toledo. And so, you know, uh, any public gathering. So if you got right. six people in your family, you don't have to vote one off but <laughs> but uh any public gathering of five or more people so uh you know no restaurants no bars no right. you know no book clubs yeah <laughs> so, yeah so. and you know i think keeping that distance is important because like yep. we said it doesn't fly 20 feet through the air it has to be projected at you and you have to receive it and so keeping your distance is a huge part of stopping those dots from spreading but um on the Question of, and I just realized you're not getting any echo because I have my speakers on next to my microphone. That's not picking that up. Um, no. Oh, good. Well, let's give it to the gain on this Yeti microphone that is not picking that up. Uh, but why are people buying so much toilet paper? So according to a Boston University professor, it has something to, uh, something to do with something called zero risk bias. So he says... When faced with an uncertain situation, people feel better if they can eliminate risk. Uh, buying bulk toilet paper eliminates the small risk of running out of quarantine. People might not be able to eliminate the risk of catching coronavirus, but if they can eliminate the risk of running out of toilet paper, that makes them feel like they have control over a very uncertain situation. 
Um, it points out that this isn't the first time toilet paper has been a much sought after commodity. It happened in 1973 when people were afraid of uh, losing other things like electricity or gas. Um, uh, Johnny Carson uh, even made jokes about it on The Tonight Show. So. Well, I, I believe that the toilet paper shortage was, uh, the article that I read, it was sparked by Johnny Carson. Uh, there wasn't actually a shortage initially. Oh, really? But there were a lot of other things going on in oil crisis and, and everything. And so he announced jokingly, like it was a <laughs> prank thing, that he said, and this is a real thing. We're we're running out of toilet paper, and all the toilet paper cleared out the next day. And it it wow. he generated that crisis unnecessarily, and had to go on and apologize <laughs> afterwards, and and all the things. So whoops, uh, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it in some other ways it makes sense too, because when we're used to having to quote unquote quarantine ourselves, it's because of weather or it's because of some other thing that usually either knocks out electricity or closes stores, neither of which is really going to happen. I mean, people stocking up on water doesn't make any sense right? <laughs> as the water system isn't really going to be disrupted by people. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So, the, yeah. The water supply isn't at risk here. Right. Um, and, and it's just, what can I do to, keep myself from needing to go to the store. Right. And so we have a lot of beans and flour and shortening. And so we can make tortillas and bean and cheese burritos, you know, all day long. Right. And, uh, and so we, we have our staples here and, uh, it was pretty crazy when I went to the store the other night, how I walked in and I'd kind of forgotten and I was like, Oh shoot, I was going to buy some oranges and like, there are no oranges. And then I look over to the rest of the produce section, literally every single thing in every bin, except for the squash <laughs> was completely gone. Yeah. It was a shock. Yeah. It was just so weird to see that in person and be like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. So I yeah. will have all the fresh produce to myself next week <laughs> when everybody is too afraid to leave the house. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but um, on kind of that news, Laughing Planet is um, going to give free lunches to kids on meal assistance programs during the closures. So uh, this is from Portland. And I believe the Portland school system will also be doing the same thing. Um, as schools have been ordered to close, uh, a lot of kids might be going without breakfast and lunch that their school, uh, they usually get at their school. So Laughing Planet says that all families have to do is walk into a location and request a meal for their child. Um, they're providing quesadillas or burritos, corn or broccoli with apple juice or milk. Um, and so Laughing Planet has places in Portland, Eugene, Bend, Vancouver, and Corvallis. So um, I've seen a lot of other companies offering to do similar things and making sure it's kind of neat to see. I was talking to um, talking to Michael and Devin, uh, Collins' older brothers, and and telling them it's, in a way, it's not been nice because that's not a good way to put it, but to see everyone have a common enemy, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Like we've yeah. spent all of our lives fighting each other and outside of like an independence day alien horde coming down to, <laughs> to unite us. I mean, this really is, I mean, outside of the nonsense I've seen about blaming us on Obama or how this isn't how, like that, that seems to be 
more on the fringes than usual and everybody kind of coming together and and realizing that we have to fill in the gaps where a lot of these things are gonna are gonna be affected so that's been really neat to see yeah i totally agree um the only other thing i found speaking of uh once our con common enemy goes uh goes away and we once again can focus on killing each other ourselves japan unveils its hypersonic weapons plans so for some reason this is out of melbourne australia um, but Japan has outlined its research and development roadmap for its homegrown standoff hypersonic weapons, confirming that it is seeking an incremental growth and in capability. Um, in the document, the lab says the government said two classes of standoff. I don't know. What, do you know what that is? Is that a military term? Standoff? Two. Well, there's. It says a standoff hypersonic system. I don't know. No, anyway, will be developed the hypersonic cruise missile and the hypervelocity gliding projectile. Uh, the former will be powered by a scramjet engine and appears similar to a typical missile, albeit one that cruises at a much higher speed while capable of traveling at long ranges. The HVGP, the hypervelocity gliding projectile, on the other hand, will feature a solid fuel rocket engine that will boost its warhead payload to a high altitude before separation, where it will then glide into its target using uh, altitude to maintain velocity until impact. So they've got a lot of information on how this is going to be uh, developed and used, which isn't very exciting, but um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so I guess a new class of hypersonic weapons are on their way to to a war near you. <laughs> if so. we don't kill ourselves, exactly, <laughs> Japan will for us. It's like we're all, yeah, we're all helping each other survive so we can send drones <laughs> to kill each other, so... Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, yes. that's that's all the news I was able to find. So. Uh, cool. Um, well, today, uh, you want to um, do take, we want to talk moment. about anything else before? Um, I don't think so. There's cool. not a whole lot yeah. going on other than you know, than the melting of the world, right? Uh, and so today, there was there was a topic that you brought up. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's yes, this, this was ripped from the headlines of our friendship, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's a topic that I have looked at before years ago, and knew of its complexities. But I, uh, when you when you said something about it, uh, gave me an opportunity to revisit that th those uh, uh, concepts. And the concept is random numbers and computers are really fantastic at following instruction and very deterministic you get an output based on the input that you give it and if it strays from that deterministic uh output then it's broken <laughs> like if, if it's not doing the thing that you told it to do if it's doing something else or doing something random then uh, a, a computer isn't very good at that. And so right. how... I, I, the reason it, it, I think it came up that I asked you is that the the car that I just got can play music off a USB stick. And so I put, you know, whatever, 500 songs on that USB stick and just had it on random. And it was kind of coming up with some of the same things. And then I, so I wondered, well, how do you program something oh, to be random? random. Right. It needs to be determined. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult uh, <laughs> because... 
Um, in order to get a, so let's talk a little higher level. Basically, okay. there are two categories of random numbers. One is pseudo-randoms or, or pseudo-random number generators, and the other is true random number generators. So PRNGs and TRNGs. So a true random number generator uh, is something that will actually never uh, be deterministic. Uh, it, it's the characteristic of determinism is the key within uh, random number generators. Also that there's um, an equal chance across the spectrum of numbers that any of those numbers would come up and that there's no predetermined uh, calculation or algorithm to get to that number. So some things that they do is they measure the uh, radiation from isotopes and uh, which happen at you know nuclear chaos uh, kind of randomness that you can you can take that measurement and apply uh, multiply that times a uh, an an integer or or a, a value and come out with a random number. And so those are true random numbers. And other methods that they use is literally uh, static uh, from a um, antenna. So if you turn on the radio and turn it up really high and you've got static uh, sound coming from that, that's just atmospheric electromagnetic radiation being picked up by the uh, by the radio. You can then pick a point in time from that static and say what level is is that at at this point of time and you can take that and multiply it by a big number and get a random number so those are some so they take why do they need to multiply it by a number well, if it's already a random segment so if i'm looking for a random number between one and a thousand oh, okay and so you get a factor you multiply that by uh, a thousand to get uh, that so it's to convert the random seed into whatever range that you're looking for. So okay. we use this in programming a lot of like, the customer wants a website that shows one of their uh, blog topics randomly on the home page every time the page loads. Well, uh, there's a couple techniques we can do with that. We can do something that's not random at all, but it would seem random to a visitor, which would be each visit increment uh, and go down the list and then it loops back up. So if you've got uh, 12,000 people in a day that visit your website, each individual would see their sequenced you know, number uh, of stuff. So to them, it would appear to be random, but it's not random at all. Uh, but we can use an algorithm that that generates pseudo-random numbers using math, and so we will will right now we'll do a very simple version of this, and it's okay. uh, it's not going to be it's not going to look super random at this uh, quantity because we're looking at really small samples and really okay. simple version of this. 
but if you magnify that out and do this, uh, you know, take those numbers and make them really big and then multiply it out over time, you get something that's pretty close to random. And for the things like um, showing a random photo on the on the homepage of a website, it doesn't matter uh, if it's if it is a little bit deterministic. Right. Uh, but if you are uh, creating the algorithm that calculates outcomes in a casino gambling machine, uh, right. in a slot machine, if, if the algorithm can be at least a little bit deterministic, then a hacker will take that edge and exploit it and burn your company down financially uh, by by doing so. And there's there's a, a famous Russian hacker that kind of did this and created a little company that legally uh, exploited pseudo random numbers in slot machines. Uh, wow! And and he was able to figure out that little edge that you can get if you follow this sequence of events. Uh, it wasn't a true random number. It was cyclical and able to be repeated and calculated. And it gave them just a little bit of a bump that when you apply a million dollars to, uh, that little bump becomes real dollars that, that are able to be, um, consumed. And and so, so the algorithm and what I'm going to do here is I'm going to share this with you so Ooh. that you can see my screen. Are you texting it to me? Nope. What are you going to do? Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, how did you? I don't like this at all. What did you do? You're, you took control of my screen. <laughs> well. <laughs> I gave no such permissions. Well, you, you, you did because you joined this. Uh, so you were just looking <laughs> at my screen. I'm not taking over your screen. Here for this at all. The, oh, that is your screen, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. Okay. So you're looking at a picture of my screen, <laughs> not me controlling your screen. This COVID panic has got me all over Seriously. the place. Easy, cowboy. Okay. So uh, the algorithm that we're looking at is called a linear uh, congruent. <laughs> Uh, congruential congruential generator and an lcg so what this how this works is we take a seed number and we we start with the seed we multiply it by a um a a fixed value a predetermined value just a factor that we choose and then we add another uh, num- uh, we add another factor to it. So we we multiply it by something and we add something to it, and then we take the modulus of that result. And the modulus is just the leftover part when you divide something. So if I take is that the remainder, the remainder uh, modulus is did equal change, to did new, remainder. New math change the name of that. <laughs> I think old math. Changed modulus to remainder, uh, oh, okay. and well, no, and just just for people who can't see that what I'm looking at, so that that formula at the top, that is the formula for the that's the formula. So yep. okay, so I'll I'll just read that out loud for people who can't see it. It is 
x to the n plus one although that's down there so it's, it's down there and so so the so the the next nth version of x is equal to uh a times the previous version of x plus c mod m and so we are just choosing random numbers and, and what i mean is these values can be anything we can start the in any a value the x and the c you can just pick any number we're, we're gonna pick, pick yeah number. and so we pick small numbers to start with to go through this exercise and just to show the outcome is going to be a sequence of quote unquote random numbers and they are pseudo random numbers because if you knew this algorithm and you knew the um the static variables that we we started with then you would be able to determine the quote-unquote random number that i came up with so okay. if you know this algorithm and you know the starting numbers then it's no longer random it's it's right. absolutely deterministic and so we're creating not really random numbers that's why they're called pseudo random numbers so the first thing that we'll so we're going to start with the number six and the number six is going to be the xn, right? So this is the current iteration. Is that what n means when it's underneath n, the current? So the n is we are going to create a sequence of numbers. And we determine one generation of that number, one, uh, one iteration of that number by using the previous iterations number. So we're gonna start with X naught, which is- I love how the Market Toddcast has gone to- I know, <laughs> I know. Explaining math formulas on math the over, over radio. This is a terrible <laughs> format for this. But uh, <laughs> let me go through one example here yeah. and then- uh, And I'll post I'll post a picture of this yeah. formula maybe as and the, as the when, show. When we get to the second round, you go, oh, well now we've created two quote unquote random numbers in a row using an algorithm. So we're okay. gonna take six times two is 12. Right. 12 plus four is 16. 16 mod five is one. So when I take 16 divided by five, uh, I get three remainder one, right? Okay. Okay, so modulus five on 16 is one. So one. if I put in six, my output is gonna be one. Now this output becomes part of the next input. So this okay. next input is one times two is two, plus four is six, six mod five is what? One. One, exactly. I did it. You did it. Look what I could do. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Third grade math. <laughs> so now you see that we're we're going to be caught in a loop here pretty quick. Right. Uh, and you know why we got caught in a loop? Because I broke one of the rules. Uh -oh. So one of the rules is you can't have a seed that starts higher than your modulus. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, okay. Okay, because immediately we're now the input is equal to the output and so the next sequence is going to start with one and the output's going to be one and okay. the one and one so that doesn't work at all and 
So let's instead start with a seed of two. Instead of five. Instead of six. I mean. Instead of six. Okay, so two times two, four. Four plus four is eight. Eight mod five is three. So if I start with two, I get three. Okay. Then in the next iteration, <clears throat> I take three here. And three yeah. times two is six. Six plus four is 10. 10 mod five is zero. So if I put uh, in already. three, I'm gonna get zero out. But now we're gonna just gonna zero the whole thing, aren't we? Are we? Getting a so zero. we take zero <laughs> times two is zero. I like how I'm not plus, smart enough to work ahead myself. I have to wait for you to give me the answer. Plus four is Ooh. four mod five is four so if i put in zero so you don't put a negative uh, clearly you wouldn't put a negative number in there but where we wouldn't have a negative number no oh. because <laughs> zero uh zero times two right is zero four is four zero plus four is four and if i but if your mod is bigger than your so C. <laughs> the mod, the modulus, um, if I if I'm taking so if, four, if the modulus is bigger, you just use that number. It's it go. So if um, five goes into four zero times with four left over. Oh, I see. Okay. Yep. And so it's always going to be a positive number. Modulus okay. is always positive. And, and so now you see that my random numbers on the output are three, zero, four, and they are gonna go up to um, a, basically you can only have five or four digits here because it's always going to be less than your modulus because you if you divide anything by five, you're ever only gonna have a remainder of zero one two three or four okay yeah. yeah so um so you can't have so now this this formula the one that you're using here is that one that you created or is this this is kind of the standard uh, lcg calculation so okay. now if we put two trillion six hundred eighty four right. up here and this over here and then we say after 67 iterations then we're going to get this you can come up with a number that is seemingly random okay all right and so it doesn't follow a sequence uh it's it's predetermined by these variables that we are plugging into it only and right. so if you put a big seed number in there you can do some um seemingly uh randomness and so, so well, I wonder then what sort of thing my the radio in my car yeah. uses. Would it uh, probably be one of the simpler little things like this, or how do you think that that works? So, um, it's hard to it's hard to know. Many of the random number generators in computing actually call a hardware function on the chip itself and say, "Hey, I need a random number. Send one to me." And it sends basically a digit between zero and one uh, out to you know ten uh, 
uh, decimal places. Right. And then they can multiply that by whatever and round it off and, and that's it. Uh, and so it's um, without seeing what their code is and what what techniques they're using. There's no way to tell. There's no way to tell. But right. the fact that you're getting more common, you know, some songs are more common than others out of 500 or whatever. Technically, it could be statistically possible that it just happened to be randomly selected that way. Right. But more often, it's just going to be um, uh, crappy programming that maybe it's only choosing, you know, songs that it has uh, loaded already in its memory or, oh, you know, sure. something something like that. Like there could be cheater things that they're doing on the code side that we're not privy to. And so it, it would be really interesting to see their source code and find out how it's actually choosing random when right. uh, it's probably not random at all. Um, and but so, what was that meet Alex tab on your on your browser, by the way? <laughs> meet Alex. What was that? Uh, jokes. I thought that I was oh. taking a peek at all of your. Oh, browser oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So this this is actually uh, let me go back to share that. This is, I didn't bring it up because it's a Wired article. Oh, it's so a Wired. We so don't it's... have five hours to, to talk about it. But this it's is not the, even the quarantine will be long <laughs> enough to get through a Wired article. So this is the <laughs> Russian casino hacker oh, okay. who targeted slot machines. And so there's a Wired article about it that goes oh, into wow. more detail than anyone ever will read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so that's, oh, that's pretty great. So that's meet Alex. Um, and clear your YouTube notifications, you monster. <laughs> 54. 54. I don't know that I have this. So anyway, um, this is a professor talking about the LCG, the linear uh, congruential generator. Yeah. I mean, because now that all casinos are using computers instead of yep. the old actual random rollers and stuff like that, I mean, I'm sure there has to be a way to make sure that those are completely, completely random so that nobody accuses them of or exploits the system. Exactly. Um, so my, um, what, what's it when I've got a, a little uh, game that I like that I don't really uh, tell people about my- Shame. My, my secret- my secret passion, uh, but it's not. Oh, a passion. Uh, yeah. Uh, Why can't I think of it either? Uh oh, is it the coronavirus? <laughs> coronavirus is eating our brains away. So um, I enjoy uh, the slot machines on the iPad. Uh, oh, okay. But I have a rule. It's a hard and fast rule that I never spend a single penny on them. Right. Uh, and so they all are rigged to <laughs> make sure that you spend money on them like that right. that's their whole goal and guilty pleasure guilty pleasure that's the one and so my <laughs> my guilty pleasure of slot machines so each one without putting money in it you can usually play between like one minute and 10 minutes maybe until it like saps all the free money that it gives you and it's asking for more money so i just load up I've got a folder of like 10 of those games and I just cycle through and I get an hour of playtime and I get that satiation of gambling, but right. I never have spent a, a penny on online gambling. 
nice. um, for the record. And <laughs> um, those machines, those games have to talk to the mothership in order to play. And so because they play with your real money sometimes, like I can buy credits. And so um, it, it's all geared towards a, a a big mothership that is managing the distribution of payments through the the whole system. Um, it won't play if it doesn't have an internet connection or if you've got a laggy internet connection. It'll start spinning and then it'll just sit there and spin and spin and spin and you're like, what's okay. going on? And it's like, I've got a bad connection. And then... Uh, once it starts talking to the mothership again, it uh, locks in place and you lost that round or whatever. Okay. Um, interesting. Good times, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, all right. Well, if uh, this is going back to something we talked about way before about my window shading. Uh, so the new app, if anybody is running a newer Mac and would like the window shade feature back, it is called Discovery. 3.3 and I believe it's going to cost me 19 pounds because I believe it's from England. So hopefully, hopefully the COVID doesn't destroy my ability to pay England for a window shaking <laughs> knockoff. But um, yeah, it's just something I found. I mean, especially in what I do since I'm a writer when I'm using at my computer and have different documents to refer to just to be able to quick double quick double click and see the thing behind you and then go right back is just so invaluable to me. So anybody else misses that, uh, they can do that. Um, boy, what else? I think that's about it. We're, we've got the democratic debate coming up tonight between Joe Biden and is that still, Bernie well, Sanders. They are playing to an empty audience. Uh, Oh, if you want to see comedy gold <laughs> Thursday night, um, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, the, uh, is it the late show that, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first night they were playing without an audience and it's so weird. It is yeah. shockingly weird. So what they did is they did a rehearsal and they ended up just publishing the rehearsal because, uh, Cause who cares? Who cares? Right. And so <laughs> like, I would say 20% of it was very behind the scenes, awkward moments, talking to the producer, asking them if, do we have oh, enough time here to work with? You know? yeah. And so it's, it's really, really interesting episode to watch because you are watching a rehearsal that was then published live. Right. And oh, he, jokes, he jokes several times during the things like, you guys might need to publish this one uh, because in a half an hour, I feel like I'm leaving. And uh, and so he did and they did. <laughs> so that's that's pretty great. Yeah. So well, Letterman, I mean, that Letterman used to do crazy things like that. Also, like during the writer strike back in the oh, 80s, right. like that, he would just like strap a camera onto a monkey's head and just like <laughs> just do it, get his beard trimmed on TV. So it's. It is times like this that, like, you have to show that you can be interesting no matter what the story. There was a, a thing when I was doing after school teaching um, one of the little classes to give you tips and stuff like that. Uh, There's a segment called, like, Five Pounds of Dirt or something like that. And it's like if you showed up 
because uh, that place would give me all the supplies and all the experimental stuff that I could take with it because it was a little science class. And if you would show up somewhere and like you had forgotten all your stuff or whatever, are you able to take a bucket full of dirt and make that fascinating for however long you're supposed to be fascinating like wow. and that's the point like can you right build this time for professional entertainers you can really see who grew up as a comedian or who has experience in how to deal like like Stephen Colbert is a master uh, improv person because that's right. his back right to be able to do that is easy but Jay Leno was terrible <laughs> at that stuff because he's just not didn't have that personality but right Right. So, yeah, it's it'll be an interesting creative time as, yeah, as we're so all kind of starting Monday all the late night shows will not have audiences. Right. Then, well, that's yeah. good that they're still going on yep. and stuff like that. So um and speaking of things that are still going on, I'm going to hold hold this up only you can see it. It's our my VH copy of Back Time. Back Time. The future which, just uh, got is better. going to be the next Portland at the movies movies uh depending on whether we might be all in the same room or not. Um, and this will be uploaded to a YouTube channel, perhaps, because it was not flagged by anything. <laughs> but it, it, is, it, is, it says it is sci-fi adventure, and it has to do with time travel. But if you remember what um, Power Rangers, the television show, looked like, like in the late yep. 90s with crazy costumes, it sort of looks like that. And so... <laughs> oh, wait, um, hold, did, did that again. Oh. Perfect. So Mark, Mark's taking, taking pictures picture. of the screen that he's staring at. Um, but yes, somehow Brian got a hold of this completely brand new VHS copy, which says special edition, but um, I believe that's probably the only reason it's special is because it actually made it to video instead of being forgotten in someone's basement somewhere. But um, so yes, I was watching part of it last night and it looks pretty amazing. So uh, stay tuned for that. I believe we're doing it. Uh, that's scheduled for the very end of the month, like the 29th or whatever Sunday is on the last day of the month. So, and now that we know we can do this remotely and you got, and I'm no longer welcome in your home as the ty covoid Mary of, <laughs> of Portland. I'll be like that one guy who was in Italy, the super gregarious guy. Exactly. Keep his hands to himself. So, but um well, thank you, Mark, for making this work. Yeah. This setup. Um, it was, it's been, it's been fun. It'll be interesting do. to see the audio quality. I, you know, there's definitely a difference between what the microphones sound like, but uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll I guess we'll this. find out. We'll try this. Let's see oh. if this plays through the speakers or not. I'm staring at this creepy picture of Kato Kalen because I still have, I got that sign for a friend at last year's like retro comic con or something. I haven't given it to her. So it's, I told that I'm pretty sure I told the story on, on our show, but I was trying to explain to him to like to do a your mom joke because it's for my friend Laura and that's what we do. And I could not get him to understand what I was trying to get him to do. And so it just says to Laura, your mom. <laughs> Here comes. The end of the world as we know it. Okay. I can't hear the music, so. <laughs> I'm sure we can't. All right. Play. Well, we'll see you later. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. And we'll all get through this together. Absolutely. We we'll talk guys. to you next time. Bye-bye.